नमस्कार 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 टू ऑल द ऑडियंसेस ऑफ हिंदुत्व फॉर ग्लोबल गुड थैंक्स टू द ऑर्गेनाइजर्स फॉर हैविंग मी एंड थैंक्स टू द ऑर्गेनाइजर्स फॉर ऑर्गेनाइजिंग दिस एंड बट आई शुड से थैंक्स टू ऑड्रे टशकी फॉर ऑर्गेनाइजिंग डिसमेंटलिंग हिंदुत्व एंड एंड मेकिंग लॉर्ड ऑफ काउंटर टू कम लॉर्ड ऑफ ट्रूथ टू कम आउट राइट सी i want to spend a minute on this term dismantling hindutva hindu tatva right that this is not a first trial from treta to dwapar to kaliyug today we are in kaliyug we have seen people who have tried to dismantle dharma who have who have tried to dismantle the righteous thought right in satyuga there was a lot of sata so there was not dharma was not challenged in treta dharma was challenged by ravana and lot of asuras so adretashki is the ravana of today but they were ravanas happening since treta in dwapar we have duryodhan and his ilk who was challenging the dharma in kaliyug we have many 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 ravanas many many duryodhanas and adretashki just one such name who is trying to dismantle the hindu tatva or the dharma the element of dharma right and now they have various intellectual tools they are not doing a physical war they have various intellectual tools they will try to gobble up the art of yoga or compare it with juxtapose it with martial arts they will put their modern medicine against ayurveda um, when indian against the indian tradition of marriage they will say in a indian advertisement that oh kanya daan is so regressive right they will say okay you need not take care of pa- your parents now because there are financial instruments like insurance uh, so insurance should take care of parents or elderly people not the family structure of india right but still in india even if you buy a bike or a bicycle or a mercedes car before coming to home it goes to a temple right and that's the trouble of lot of people that how this society is so rooted in its civilizational values after so many not in years so many yugas of attack on the dharma from treta to dwapar to now kaliyug right right but we have endured this we are the only living civilization couple of thousand years back A lot of these people who are teaching us human rights, women rights, were were not even able to wear clothes properly. Right? Their society was not very civilized. They were not able to eat the food that they eat today. Right? The country, United States of America, large part of Europe, uh, did not have rights for voting for certain kind of population, for certain kind of gender. They are now teaching us. Right? i'll give you example a large part of the world apart from the islamic countries there is a law of monogamy that at one time you can uh, marry only one person and who has taught this uh, this to us ramchandra ji when surpankha went to ramchandra ji and asked that i want to marry you what did ramchandra ji reply he said i'm already married that was a profound statement then because his father was married to three women he could have married one more woman but he said no I have taken a ek patni vrata. I have taken a ek patni ka vrata. I have 
taken a vow to marry only one person and be with that one person. So today's law of monogamy is nothing but what is taught to humanity by Ramachandraji. Right? A Ramayana, which is as per Dr. Nilesh Yogji's dating 14,000 years back, or a Mahabharata, which is almost 7,000 years back, is nothing but, if I can encapsulate both the texts in one line, it's a lesson of endurance. And the endurance that was taught by Ramayana to us, by Mahabharata to us, that is making us endure all of these Ravanas and Duryodhanas like Audrey Dashi. So nothing new. This is in our blood. This endurance is, a, is in our blood. Right. And how? Just see the life of Ramchandraji. Just see the life of Ramchandraji. Ramchandraji was about to become the king of Ayodhya, the king of Ashwaku dynasty, the king of Kosla empire, the massive empire of Kosla. He was about to become the king the next day. Mantra did not like it. Audrey of the word came again and again, sometime in the form of Mantra, sometime in the form of Ravan, sometime in the form of Audrey sometime in the form of Sheldon Pollock. They kept on coming. Right? So Mantra, mantra came. She vitiated the mind of KKG. And out of the trick, out of the plot, she said, my, my, my son Bharat should be the king and Rama should go to jungle for 14 years. And Rama endured that. Rama said, okay, if you make me the king tomorrow, I'm fine. If you ask me to go to jungle, I'm fine. So Rama lost his kingdom. Rama, Ramchandraji lost his kingdom. Okay, fine. He endured that. And then, and what he did? Then he went to jungle. He did not cry, oh my God, I was about to become the king tomorrow. What to do now? My, my newly married wife, who is also from a, a princely place. I don't know where to keep her, what to feed her. I don't know uh, what will be the challenge tomorrow. Will it be a demon or a, or a wild animal? Right? Don't know where to drink water, what to eat food, where to eat food from. But he endured that. He endured that. One day he spent with one Rishi. One week he spent with some other Rishi. One month he spent with some other Rishi. One, one, one year he spent with another Rishi. He searched for new gurus. He just kept on training himself. He just kept on training himself. He just kept on upgrading himself. He kept on learning new ideas on spirituality, new, new ideas on warfare, new ideas on welfare of the state, how to run a state, how to run a politics, how to run economics. He kept on learning. His initial guru was Rishi Vashishta. His, his, his second guru was Rishi Vishwamitra. But then on, he kept on searching for new gurus. He kept on upgrading himself. He did not stop. He did not say, oh my God, my, my kingdom is lost. I'm here with my, my, my wife and brother. I don't know what to do. He, he did not do that. He kept on upgrading. right? And that's what I think we are also doing. If Audrey Tashki is saying dismantling Hindutva, we're saying, no, 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 no. We'll tell you that Hindutva is for the global good. And Corona, we have seen that how people have came back to the very Indian civilizational kind of lifestyle. A lot of people I know personally have uh, have left alcohol, have left uh, uh, non-vegetarian food, started making yogic lifestyle. So when the time is tough, people go back to Indian civilization, which is the original way how human being evolved. 
which we see in the dashavataram of vishnu how from a from a uh, from from a matasavatar to kurma avatar and later to raman ram ram and krishna right so ramji lost his kingdom right and he kept on upgrading himself he kept on learning from one guru to another guru okay almost 13 years into the vanvas he was in panchvati with mata sita and lakshman and what happened then in the surpanka incident happened and ravan came and kidnapped mata sita out of trick right so ramji lost his kingdom and now almost 13 years into the vanvas into exile he also lost his wife he is still enduring he is still ramji is still enduring he is not going back to uh bharat and say okay give me your army uh and and i want to fight ravana he say no i'll make local alliances i'll make I'll, i'll make local alliances and he made alliances with hanuman ji and sugriva right right he is still enduring and then a massive search for mata sita started team went toward north team went toward east toward west toward south everywhere teams went right right and then finally hanuman ji found mata sita in sundarkand right and that's why we do the part of sundarkand and it's, it's so so dear to lot of us right and then a bridge was made ram setu was made right and that's a, that's a perfect epitome of uh, somebody's love uh, for his wife and ramchandra ji went there and picked up the the biggest fight humanity has ever seen ravana's army and then ramji's uh, and and sugriva's vanara sena ramji's opponent was also so worthy something of something of the kind of ravana right he was a gyani he was a shiv bhakt he was acquired massive equipment messing warfare he was a musician you have heard this song uh, uh, shivatandav jatatvi he has written music composed sang that he was a arvada charya vishwanathan anand grand chess master vishwanathan anand in one of his blog commented that in ravana's time he and his wife mandodari used to play a game which is very similar to chess he used to own pushpak vimana and by reengineering pushpak vimana he has created four five other vimanas so he was a scientist ayurveda acharya a mechanical engineer meaning a very meritorious person so ramji was up against something like ravana and in a massive war with the mighty asuras and ramji with his only vanar sena in the end who won in the end ramji won after 14000 years to today globally we are talking about ramji not ravana so ramji lost his kingdom 14 years back he lost his wife almost 13 years into the jungle and during the war he almost lost his wife uh, his life in the hands of indrajit almost twice right can you can can you imagine a human being on this earth can have bigger challenges uh, than what ramji faced right what dharma faced he was the epitome of dharma he was the personification of dharma 
and what dharma faced what phenomenal right someone losing his life someone losing his wife someone losing his kingdom right even then he did not aberrate he did not leave his part of dharma right he did not leave the vanvasa dharma he followed the vanvasa dharma he made the alliances with hanumanji and uh, uh, sugriva and he defeated the mighty ravana so in the end who won someone who was honest someone who was true to his dharma won in the end right and that's the story of indian uh, endurance that's the story of endurance of hindutva that's the story of endurance of sanatan dharma that order tashkis of the world the ravanas of the world the duryodhanas of the world the kansas of the world will keep coming but ram ji and krishna ji they have taught us the endurance and that's why these texts like ramayana and mahabharata are so so important they're not just stories the massive lesson to us that this attack on dharma will keep happening but the yeah but the level of the attack will keep upgrading earlier it was the asura ravana then it was the asura then people like duryodhana then the people like ardhatashki and many of the harilk will keep coming right i'll tell you a very interesting story or very interesting uh, fact so when the labor the endangered labor the bonded labor from india was taken to uh, what what we call west indies today the caribbean islands today so a lot of people from eastern up and bihar was taken right and when they realized that oh we have come here far away from our, our own land right and we can't go back now you know what they carried with them they carried with them ram charit manas right the ramayana written by the the ramayana rewritten by acharya tulsidas contextualizing uh, uh, that those times in avadi language right and that text that ram charit manas was almost like a support for them in that lonely land and people in the evening after the day of hard work gathered together and read ram charit manas together and for them that was like a text of endurance that as ram as ram ji after 14 years of tough vanvas came back to ayodhya went back to ayodhya we will also go back to our mainland we will also go back to uh, bharat varsha and live our life with our family in our own country right that was the text of endurance so when i said ramayana is a text of endurance the 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 indian indians who was taken away uh, to caribbeans people call them girmitias right they followed it they followed it uh, to the t and that became the text of endurance and that's why ramayana i call is a text of endurance for us right right so now i think i, I just want to say three things that uh, the lesson of endurance is in us right but the modern warfare the modern warfare uh, of kaliyuga may keep changing earlier it was ravana's warfare then it was duryodhana's warfare along with shakuni's vicious mind now in kaliyug all the shakunis and kansas and duryodhanas and uh, ravanas have come together right and they will say dismantling hindutva right they will say dismantling hindutva so i'll just want to say three things 
that that i think we should keep doing uh and hindutva will keep spreading the global good but three things we should doing first of all i think we should have our utmost understanding of our culture our civilization as individuals as families as societies so let's say some uh, i started something called ramayana school where i teach the lessons of ramayana i do courses in our own platform we do courses with hindu university of america and a lot of other partners so we as a family should understand what our scriptures are what our history is right from vedic age to ramayana age to mahabharat age to modern history till today so that's that's one right and we should be able to create warriors who can very articulately express that that's point number one that we should first understand our own culture second thing we should be able to identify the negative propaganda that happening against us like the auditorship thing the dismantling hindutva thing like the sheldon pollocks of the world right and many martha knows moms and there are various various others in a lot of fancy universities right in a lot of india study departments a lot of asia study departments they're getting huge scholarship in study there how to dismantle this old civilization see but so they, they, their effort will fail but we have to upgrade our mechanism also so first we should make sure that we are equipped with what our what our civilization is and we should keep a second we should keep identifying the negative propaganda that's happening and keep dismantling that negative propaganda right right and third i think we should be able to keep creating smart content right because a lot of people may not be the frontline warriors a lot of like you who are uh, attending the conference today people who are organizing it people who are talking these are like the very aware ones right but there are a lot of people who are living their life but they want because they want normal content to consume right the books the videos the movies because the other side is flooding them with the content the counter content right so endurance Uh, i'll finish with this the endurance is within us endurance is within us we should uh, rama ram ji has taught us krishna ji has taught us ramayana and mahabharata has taught us that's in our dna in in indic civilization but we should keep acquiring these modern tools right to counter the narrative the we should keep countering the modern tools uh, from kaliyuga uh, the kansas of kaliyuga the durodanas of kalyug kalyuga right with that with that i think thank you uh, to the organi- organizers and and uh, i just want to say the one last word that ram ji has is the basic essence of endurance of indian civilizations of hindutva of dharma right and we have we all of us have that tatva of ram ji in all of us the tatva of krishna in all of us right and that was uh, make us survive and hindutva is not only for me not only for people living in india not not only for people following uh, hindu dharma it's for the humanity right with those words jai shri ram to all of you thank you for listening me and thank you organizers for organizing this dhanyawad thank you
Namaste to all. I am Dipan Mitro from Bangladesh. Uh, firstly, I would like to appreciate the organizers of the conference in the Global Good. Uh, we all belong to Sanatana Dharma, which is the universal for all the times. We believe Boshudeva Kutumbam. That means the, all the people and the creations in the world are our friends and relatives. And Vedic civilization is the oldest civilization in the world. But what says in Bible? In Bible, Luke chapter 12, verses 49 to 53, Jesus said, Do you think uh, I have come to bring peace on earth? No, I come for divisions. From now, there will be five in a family will be divided against each other two against three three against two son against father and father against son daughter against mother and mother against son that means from now the world will be divided and this is the basic difference between Sanatana dharma and with other religions and in bible old testament chapter 3 verses 1 to 7 god said uh, adam and eve you may, you may take, uh, eat all the fruits of this garden except the fruit of the garden in the middle of the uh, in, in, in the middle and this is the fruit was the knowledge and if you eat this fruit or touch this fruit you must die but they ate the fruit and they didn't die and at the beginning man proved that God is a liar and God didn't want man to be intelligent. And in Vedas, it said, That means, lead me from darkness to light, lead me from uh, false to truth, lead me from death to immortal, immortality. Now, I would like to say about the Veda and Vedic civilizations. Rishi uh, Agastya invented the electrovoltaic cell. He gave the theory of electrolysis to produce oxygen and hydrogen from the water. And Rishi Konad uh, discussed the type of motions, including the Newton's law of motions. And you know the Bhimana Shastra was invented by Rishi Bharadvas more than 5,000 years ago. He didn't only uh, the, describe about the const, uh, construction of aeroplane. He also mentioned about navigations, the aviation fuel, and the preparation of pilot also. But everybody knows Wright brothers invented aeroplane in 1901 AD. So either we didn't know the Vedas or we have been forgotten about Vedas, Sunatan Dharma and its civilization. Yeah, and in uh, what it says in Quran, in Quran, Surah 4, 4, Ayat 56, Surah 66, Ayat 9, Surah 59, Ayat 2. Allah ordered his followers to attack on non-believers and non-Muslims. And they ordered their followers to force them to convert to Islam. If 
the non-believers or non-Muslim didn't agree to convert to Islam, you may attack them, you may kill them, and you may loot their property, their women, and distribute it as Guni Matermal. That means the gift of Allah for his followers. So, and what he says is Sanatana. Om Sharvesham Shustir Bhavatu, Om Sharvesham Santir Bhavatu, Om Sharvesham Mungalam Bhavatu. That means we always pray for the universal peace, for the universal Pusparas. And you know the Muhammad uh, bin Bukhtar Khilji attacked in South Bihar on 1199 AD. He destroyed the Adantupuram University and Nalanda University which is the oldest university in the world. And he killed more than 3,000 teachers and 20,000 students in this university. That means they wanted to destroy all the knowledge, all the civilizations. And you know, the Muhammad bin Kashims and Tuimur Long killed the one-fifth of total populations in the world at that time. That means in the current case, it would be 160 crore. So it is clearly understand how the Islam was established. But unfortunately, the, some scholars want to mention the Hindutva as a concept of terrorism, as they want to establish Hindutva as like as Islamic terrorism. I strongly mention that Hindutva is a concept of global peace. If the whole world accepts the Sanatana Dharma, Hindutva, then the world will be peaceful and prosperous. There will be no terrorism. And now I want to like uh, discuss about the Bangladesh perspective. In 1971, during the Liberation War, the Pakistani army killed 3 million Bangladeshi people. And out of 3 million, more than 2.5 million uh, was the Hindus. And because Pakistani army treated Hindus as their enemies. And, and Bangladesh got independence by the blood of Hindus. But in independent Bangladesh, Hindus has become the second class citizen. They didn't get, uh, they always faced the discriminations uh, from all sectors in Bangladesh. And the present government uh, did the justice of war uh, crimes and they provide punishment to the war criminals. But not a single Hindu was found as a war criminal. That means Hindu are patriotic. They never become as a terrorist. So again, I would like to mention that Hindutva is the concept of peace and prosperous. Hindutva didn't never want to be a terrorist. So, but the, it is a, uh, I want to mention that there is no difference between Sanatana Dharma, Veda, and Hindutva. But it is a great conspiracy against the Hindus. So, I, I strongly mention that Hindu, Sanatana Dharma, and Hindutva is the only path to 
make the world peaceful and prosperous and for global good and but due to short time it is not possible to show uh, the reports of atrocities against the hindus in bangladesh but in bangladesh the hindus are facing uh, all kind of discriminations their properties are grabbed their temples and idols are vandalized and their the hindu girls are kidnapped and forcefully converted to islam in the last year 2020 more than 2300 hindu girls were forcefully converted to islam but hindus didn't get any kind of judgment from the government and government didn't take any kind of initiative to stop to stop the atrocities against the hindus in bangladesh even government patronize for islamization in bangladesh you know currently government take initiative to establish 560 model mosques in bangladesh uh, which cost more than 3000 crore bangladeshi taka for construction in mosque and this mosque will be used for uh, making the islamizations in bangladesh so uh, Veda, if you know the Vedic civilization is the oldest civilization that we want for peace, not for the our communities, not for the people. We want with the Hindu Sanatan Dharma things about the whole universe. You know the Veda is currently described the age of universe, and in currently there are two theories. Study. state theory and big bang theory statistics theory says the uh, universe is never born and never dies and it is always what it is and big bang theory means the universe is uh, born from a point of energy and exploding in a big bang but currently the universe uh, universe is expanding and evolving that means the first theory is totally false uh, proof it is wrong and big bang theory it is not correct because the current observation says that the age of our universe is much much older than that but in vedic cosmology the it is clearly described the total age of our universe it is 155.5 to 19 trillion years old the universe and it is clearly mentioned with details calculations in vedas that means veda is the full of science full of civilizations full of peace but unfortunately the world uh, uh, in the world some scholars prove hindutva is a concept of terrorism so i strongly oppose it and so at last i want to aware all hindus about the conspiracy against the hindus we should to be united we want strong hindus we want wealthy hindus we want healthy hindus and we want united hindus thank you everyone namaste
Namaste. Uh, I hope everybody can hear me. It's early here in Jaipur and uh, I've been up all night because of some situation in the family. So forgive me my unkept un appearance. So we are talking, uh, I've been asked to speak about the Hindu survival in hostile circumstances and hostile nations. And uh, incidentally, I, that's my core area of uh, competence. I've been working with Pakistani Hindus and Sardars for the past 10 years. And uh, before going to that topic, uh, there are some generic points I would like to touch upon, which the previous speakers have touched upon in the general narrative around the Hindu uh, conf the uh, clash of civilization of Sanatan Dharma with other Abrahamic faiths and the onslaught of the leftist uh, uh, whole ecosystem on the on the values of Sanatan Dharma. Uh, I do not understand this whole idea of universality and, and you know, universe ke universe girls are being raped, being picked up with impunity by jihadis. And here we are talking about universal peace. I somehow do not understand. It is like a, a, a spoiled son in the family or like a son in the family who's weak and who's not able to earn and he says, I'm going to be with the family and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take care of everybody and I'll, I'll make money and well, nobody cares unless you actually start making money and you start contributing to the family. So all talk of universality and all talk of world peace will really look good coming from our mouths if we are speaking from a position of strength. And right now we are not speaking from any position of strength. We are very weak. We are facing total annihilation uh, by the uh, Abrahamic faiths and the in cahoots with the leftist uh, ideology. And what is the reason? Why, why is this happening? The, it is happening because we are a hundred crore huge mass of human beings Without leadership, we do not have any credible leadership. Uh, what are leaders uh, as, as a ragtag coalition of social service and NGO type uh, uh, people who are going to assist people when there are floods and there are uh, cyclones. Uh, but we do not even have a full narrative to the, to the whole uh, Conflict, you know, that is what is in our Shastras known as Shatru Bodh, enemy consciousness, uh, which is exactly what Sri Krishna was trying to do in the Bhagavad Gita, because this universal thing was always uh, what uh, Arjuna was touting and Sri Krishna decimated it right there. And he said that do your karma and do it to your utmost. And then we will talk about the universal good. Same is the situation of Hindus today. So. Without leadership, I don't think we are going to make much headway. So uh, the, the current leadership is, uh, is, is lost, is very myopic and is capitulating to the jihadi um, uh, blackmail for no reason. There is no reason for the Hindu leadership to capitulate, but it is. So then we hear statements like uh, uh, the same DNA and then that Britishers were responsible for the Hindu-Muslim conflict in the subcontinent. I think one of the most absurd and most uh, illogical comment I've ever heard from any human being. Uh, because 
uh, if Britishers were the reason for Hindu-Muslim conflict, uh, I happen to be writing a book on Mewar Maharanas. What were these glorious Maharanas fighting for 1000 years before Britishers came? From 8th century, with the attack of uh, Raja, on, uh, attack on Raja Dahir by Muhammad bin Qasim, and he was defeated by Maharana Bappa Rawal of Chittorgarh, to Maharana Raj Singh, who defeated Aurangzeb in 1680, in the 17th century, for 1000 years, were Britishers making us fight Islamic invaders? Was Maharana Pratap a British agent? Was Maharana Sangha a British stooge? We cannot have such ideas being floated into an already confused mass of Hindus who are charmed ceaselessly and endlessly by Bollywood, uh, cricket and, uh, and theme parties in foreign vacations, as it is, we are so atomized, as it is, we have no enemy consciousness. And on top of that, these statements don't help. They take away all the, uh, all the, uh, the, the courage and, uh, and the intellect that with, with which we have to fight this war. So the leadership has to uh, reinvent its own ideology, uh, reach out to the cadre, uh, I've worked with uh, with people on the ground and some brilliant people working on the ground. They have created such institutions. And uh, I can say very proudly that without uh, the blessings and the support of these brilliant Hindu people on the ground, I would have been able to achieve nothing at Nimittekam, which is our organization for Pakistani Hindus. So this is one aspect which I wanted to touch upon that we are not responsible for universal brotherhood. It is a, a contract which is two way. Carrying the mantle of you on our shoulders, we will uh, uh, try to, uh, you know. Am I am I am I audible? So the second thing is that without leadership, we will not be able to achieve much. So as long as this current leadership is lost, uh, I think we need to be the middle class of Hindus has to rise up. We have to uh, be the leaders in our own sense. And uh, I'm coming from a very humble background. I am not a very rich man. I was a simple ENT surgeon practicing in Rajasthan. But we tried to create uh, something at Nimittekam. And very humbly, I can submit that we took out 10,000 Hindus out of Pakistan in the past seven years. And we also managed to get 3,500 citizenships by the, the with, even without the CAA law that uh, Shri Modi ji and Shri Amit Shah had brought so compassionately. Uh, now, touching on the Pakistani Hindu issue, uh, the European Union Parliament report in May 2019 says that 1000 Hindu girls are picked every year. That means three Hindu girls are picked every single day in Pakistan. Uh, just before me, uh, the Bengali Hindu friend was speaking about 2300 girls being picked every year. I, I do not understand how can the Hindu leadership uh, sleep on this this ghastly fact हमको इन बच्चियों का श्राप नहीं लगेगा हम तो वो सभ्यता हैं जो 
कुमारी कन्या के पैर छूते हैं कुमारी कन्या को भोजन करवाते हैं अष्टमी के दिन और उस बच्ची का शील भंग पूरा का पूरा गांव कर रहा है और हम बैठे बैठे यहाँ पर प्लेटिट्यूड सर्व कर रहे हैं कर्स ऑफ दीज गर्ल्स नॉट फॉल अपॉन द हिंदू सोसाइटी कैन वी एक्चुअली स्लीप ईट ड्रिंक एंड मेक मेरी वाइल दिस डिबॉचरी इज हैपनिंग राइट इन फ्रंट ऑफ आर आईज that is a question we must ask ourselves before going back to sleep and this is only one aspect this is one aspect with the european indian parliament covered i live with these hindus they tell us such ghastly stories about what they face they cannot be uh, you know hindu names in pakistan they have to they have to have an alternative name islamic name so uh, ramesh will have a, a muslim roshan name uh, or or sanjay will be salim so that his business is not taken away uh, his uh, his his daughter is not taken away and uh, all kind of atrocities and the percentage of population which was approximately 15% at the time of partition uh, of bharat varsha has been reduced to 2% in pakistan today whereas correspondingly the muslim population has grown from 8 to 16% in bharat varsha so we are under attack our demographic change is on upon us and uh, the the biggest the biggest onslaught of this attack is faced by hindus who are the minority in uh, bangladesh and pakistan and sri lanka i personally know shri sachidanand ji of uh, sri lanka old man gentleman struggling so hard to keep uh, hindu fight somehow on in in a in a reasonably friendly country like sri lanka where we have a sister faith tormenting us because we are not strong uh, in rajasthan we have a saying garib ki joru sabki bhabhi to hindus to garib ki bhabhi hain garib ki joru hai sabki bhabhi hai so unless we talk of peace talk of talk of world peace and universal brotherhood from a position of strength nobody is going to give any heed to us we will continue dying we will be continue to be raped and we will be shrinking in our physical in our mental in our emotional in our psychological and in our spiritual space and that is what has been happening for the past 70 years on an alarming pace we have been fighting islamic invasions for the past 1400 years and our glorious maharanas they were great people they were great people who who kept fighting and did not relent they saved us from conversion to islam by their sheer muscular grit and determination for the saving of dharma and we are failing today we the hairs of pratap and sanga are unable to resist this onslaught today with all the resources at our disposal with this internet with when communication and transfer of information is so easily happening so that is something we need to ponder upon uh, look back upon our history with pride that is why my book will be i am i'm really hoping that people read this book uh, maharana's a thousand year war for dharma it will be hindi and english and 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 for few hours as long as you have this book just feel the pain and the suffering that these great souls these great atmas endured just for the sake of being hindus 
they did not relent 40 40 50 साल अपने जीवन के इन लोगों ने अरावली की अनफॉरगिविंग मॉनसून्स गर्मी और सर्दियों में बिता दिए लेकिन इन्होंने समर्पण नहीं किया और 1000 इयर्स की इस पूरी सागा में एक मेवाड़ का राजा ऐसा नहीं मिलता जिसने ये कल्पना भी की हो कि वो जाकर मुसलमानों से संधि कर ले अगर हम fall back upon these uh, this this determination of the mewad maharanas uh, the book is called maharanas uh, a thousand year war for dharma it's, it will be out on deepavali i'm writing it i finished writing it actually it's just being edited the final touches are being done the last thing that i want to talk about is the solution what can an average hindu do see uh, what we have been consistent fail to notice is the power of centralized money now is zakat christianity has tight what do we have we have nothing so all our warriors be it agni veer be it uh, arti agarwal in hindu genocide documentation be it uh, pushpendra kulshesh be sanjay dikshit we are all all loan is no central corpus fund funding us protecting us from legal bads or giving seed money to enlarge our scope in the area of our work so what i propose here and what we have already formed with swananand ji uh, and uh, my brother jay hoja at nemitikam is that we have formed this non profit company called dharmansh foundation the target is to collect 100 crore rupees in a month so 1 crore hindus out of the 100 crore hindus on this globe if they give us 100 rupees a month we will have 100 crore rupees a month and we will be funding fight against conversions love jihad fight against land jihad uh, we will have funds against the legal battles we will be able to give some money to hindus killed in riots and by extremists i have a document right now with me in which i calculated i made somebody i paid him money and a journalist and i asked the journalist to sit down and document that ever since modi ji became the prime minister in 14, on 16th may 2014 200 hindus have been lynched in bharatvarsha by islamic extremists with the fir's the news clippings the name of the victims and the name of the i have the document with me challenge anybody to to uh, to question the integrity and the and the authenticity of that document and that document is minus the bengal figures i'm talking about murders in karnataka tamil nadu up rajasthan and all these uh, in the rest of the country uh, some few uh, dozen from bengal so that is the situation that uh, we need to fund our own people uh, as napoleon used to say no army walks on its feet every army walks on its stomach so agar pet bhara hua hai bhaiya to aap ki army लड़ाई लड़ लेगी अगर पेट 
पेटी भरा नहीं है पेटी खाली है मनी Uh, we collected about close to one lakh rupees a month uh, through Dharmanch from various Hindus, and we were able to save ten thousand Hindus out of Pakistan. Imagine what we can do if we get hundred crore rupees a month. We can take out all these one crore Hindus out of Pakistan just like that because money is everything. We need infrastructure. We need people to man. We need people to apply for the visas. We need people to apply for the uh, citizenships. so that's the whole thing about money without money nothing is going to happen yesterday itself i was talking to a nurse in my hospital and i was shocked when she told me that she makes 20000 rupees a month she gives 2000 rupees to the church what what do we give to the to the to the local hindus fighting our money which we used to give to the temple has been hoodwinked by the previous congress congress governments the laws are such that i think it's impossible to get our temples free so temple money is gone our dharmacharyas our mathadishas are stupurous they are in coma or they are crooks let me tell this very clearly because nobody nobody talks about the genocide of hindus in bangladesh and pakistan i personally went to a dozen ashrams i begged in front of them that please give your mic please give your uh, uh, podium to these unfortunate unforeseen people nobody bothered so our dharmacharyas our mathadishas that money is also gone what are what are we left with we are left with as i said ragtag middle class hindus like us so that's why with the blessings of swami vigyanand ji uh, may bhagwan shri hari give him a long life uh, swami ji has been blessing us throughout our journey and now we are well on our way to uh, to to start collecting funds for dharmanth foundation i will be sharing the account details and all uh, and then we can carry on this forward uh, if we get 100 crore rupees a month funding then we are in the game right now we have we are we are not even in the game because our leadership is lost they talk uh, platitudes they have done not their not done their purva paksha so brilliant people are just fighting out on their own their own resources their meager resources they are destroying their family lives but this cannot go on uh, perpetually because we are up against a very well oiled well funded uh, mafia and a killing machine we cannot sustain this war like this we need the dharman foundation to take off uh, i think i have touched mostly whatever i wanted to say uh, thank you very much uh, for the organizers for organizing this brilliant uh, uh, gathering of hindu speakers keep up the fight we are all together in this as mevar maharanas would give the war cry har har mahadev thank you so much namaskar good morning and also good evening if you are on other side of the globe myself rohan agrawal and i would be talking about the influence of hindutva and how it shaped the culture of japan thanks to the organizers for the arrangements and selecting a very apt title 
for this conference that is hindutva for global good hindutva the essence of hindu civilization the world's oldest has always followed the path of constructive mingling as opposed to those with who are occupied with the barbaric mentality of dismantling others anyways this is exactly what i have found and experienced while analyzing historic footprints of hindutva or hindu civilization in japan compared to india china is geographically closer to japan but one can easily identify closer ties between india and japan and that too from thousands of years ago this is an incredible example of an impact of a civilization that has influenced peacefully by providing a framework to the native people in which their own society can be integrated and developed according to their own genius this goes in full contrast with those proceeded by the violent act of conquest and annexation this difference in the influence of indian and chinese civilization was very well explained by the french scholar george coets in his book the indianized states of southeast asia coming back to the history historic footprints of hindutva in japan typically mainstream historians have by far maintained their focus on the arrival of indian prince bodhisena for an eye opening ceremony of a giant bronze statue of buddha happened to be the world's largest bronze statue during 8th century emperor shomu specially invited him for the ceremony and also to spread the use of sanskrit in japan later on japanese monk kukai learned sanskrit and invented japanese alphabet known as gochuon which can be translated as 50 songs while it was indeed a remarkable milestone in the historic relationship of india and japan the two great asian civilizations there has been much more interaction and influence of indic culture in japan even during pre buddhist era now this is evident from the fact that even in shintoism one can easily spot the indic influence beat the worship of hindu deities the way shinto shrines are being decorated their temple rituals and so on the earliest reference of indian influence in japan could be found in a book being titled as the two great indians in japan written by an author jg osawa in his book on page 14 he mentioned a very interesting anecdote which i would like to quote as it is quote Some historians believe that the Japanese people were a group of Indians following the story of Shamba the son of Lord Krishna sailed eastwards thousands of years ago from India to settle in the land of rising sun Samurais are said to be the descendants of Lord Krishna the lord of justice and Shamba was the origin of samurais unquote This belief of some Japanese historians does get collaborated from the legend of Mahabharat where Shri Krishna being cursed by gandhari got subjected to the painful relationship with his descendants especially with his son shamba being fed up with his mischievous behavior by shamba rishi durvasa once cursed him to suffer with skin diseases realizing his mistake and in search of repentance shamba was advised by rishi narad to worship sun god the healer of all skin diseases later he got cured by worshiping surya devta in the temple constructed by him in mitravan which was once known as multan san temple shamba also erected a temple in honor of surya devta at konark the eastern part of india 
Even today, Shambhadashmi is being celebrated uniquely in Odisha. It has been said that Shambha's devotion towards the sun god took him far away in search of a land of rising sun to the place being known as Japan in modern history. While this legend falls into Jomon era as per Japanese historic timeline, uh, which goes around 14,000 BCE to 300 BCE, this was followed by the Yayoi era as per the Japanese historic timeline, which lies around 300 BCE to, to 3rd century. Even during Yayoi era, there is a strong Indian influence in Japan, as explained in detail by Nadimpalli Venkat Balasubramaniam Dutt in his book, Yayoi People and Ancient Indo-Japanese Relations. It has been mentioned that Yayoi was the name given to the people who reached Japan by the Jomons who were the original inhabitant of Japan. This Yayoi people brought the tradition of idol worship with numerous Indian gods and goddesses, rice farming, use of iron, bronze, pottery, cotton, and so on. As per the Chinese chronicles, the integrated generation from the intermarriage between the Yayoi and the Jomon came to be identified as the first Japanese society. And the Hindu philosophy became Shinto by merging with the Jomon beliefs. It is worth mentioning here that a word Sindhu from where many believe the word Hindu was originated or at least became popular, when pronounced in Japanese, eventually becomes Shi Nto or Shinto. This is followed by the Asuka era, which lies around 6th century to 7th century, where two major incidents happen in the history of Japan. First one, where Prince Shotoku built the first Buddhist temple named Horyuji in Japan during 607 CE. And in 675 CE, Japanese Emperor Tenmu banned the consumption of meat from all four-legged animals, including cows. Each succeeding emperor continued to reinforce this ban, and eventually, by the 10th century, all meat-eating had been prohibited. It is worth mentioning that for around 1200 years, no cow was killed in Japan until a cow was slaughtered in 1856 by U.S. Consul General Townsend Harris and his interpreter Henrik Huskin on the ground of the Gyokusenji Temple, which was then converted into the first U.S. Consulate in Japan. This caused great disturbance in the local Japanese community, and eventually Huskin was killed by one of the samurais. Going back to the historic timeline based on Japanese calendar, next in the order is Nara era that coincides around 8th century, which also marks the arrival of Indian prince Bodhisena, which we have discussed earlier. Now, this is being followed by the Heian era that goes around 9th century to till 12th century, where Hindu deities found noticeable presence with lordship among the most popular one known, as, known in Japan as Daikokuten. This Indic influence in Japan continued to flourish even in the following Kamakura era, and all other future eras where the abridged Japanese version of Ramayana were written in 10th century as Sambo Ekotoba, and in 12th century, it has been written as Hubutsushu by Japanese author Tairano Yasuyori. One can also see the influence of Ramayana in the traditional Japanese dance forms of Bugaku and Gigaku. Now, going ahead with the timeline, there comes 1549, 
where Japan witnessed the arrival of Portuguese missionary Francis Xavier in Nagasaki, the southern part of Japan. In Japan, they found a culture of cleanliness and no consumption of meat, which was alien to Europeans. Soon missionaries were engaged in trade by using the sale of Portuguese gun as a tool of conversion among politically divided daimyos or Japanese landowners. As the missionaries expanded in the southern part of Japan, they started introducing meat eating as well as the slave trading. There is in fact a correspondence between the King of Portugal, Joao III and the Pope listing the price of this exotic fare as quote, 50 Japanese girl for one barrel of gunpowder, unquote. Then comes a famous and powerful samurai, Toyotomi Hideyoshi, who became suspicious of these missionaries when he saw the Spanish conqueror of Philippines, Philippines, which was earlier known as Mahalika and was having a great influence of Chola kings. In 1587, General Hideyoshi commanded the Jesus priest Gaspar Koihalo to meet and handed him the page the purge directive over the purge directive order of the Jesuits. In these documents, there were 11 points, with four major ones being are first, all Japanese slave trade must end, and all Japanese women around the world must be written. Second, all meat eating must cease. The cow and horse must never be killed. Third, all desecration of temples must end. Fourth, all forced conversions must end. One can easily find the spiritual coherence here from the Hindu civilizations. And ironically, probably we also need our own samurai in current time. Following to his predecessor, Samurai Tokugawa banned Christian missionaries in 1614, noting they were correcting goodness and creating political division among the Japanese society. This was lasted for more than 200 years till 1854 when American warships forced the Japan to open its land for them. This is an Edo era and as per Japanese history where Christianity was banned but on the other hand, interest in Hindu gods and Sanskrit got continued to flourish in Japan. Philip Franz von Seibold, a German scholar of that time, has written that in 1832, there were 131 shrines dedicated to goddess Saraswati, being known as Binten in Japan, and around 100 such temples were dedicated to Shri Ganesh, being known as Kangiten or Shoten in Tokyo. Japan got prominent Sanskrit scholars like Jogon, who has composed the Shittan Sanmitsu Show, a remarkable Sanskrit work, followed by the Jiyuan Sonja, who has composed many Sanskrit manuscripts and is regarded as the greatest traditional Sanskrit scholar of Japan. This was followed by a Meiji era, during which our own beloved Swami Vivekanand visited Japan while en route to Chicago and mentioned in one of his letters that, quote, I saw a lot of temples in every and in every temple there are some Sanskrit mantras written in old Bengali characters. However, only a few priests could know Sanskrit. Unquote. Post Meiji era, freedom fighter Sri Ras Bihari Bose, who played a remarkable role in gathering Japanese support for the foundation of Indian National Army, which has played the, the historic role in India in liberating India. 
has translated has translated Bhagavad Gita, Ramayana, and several other books into the Japanese language. Inspired by his Bhisavarkar, he also started Hindu Mahasabha in 1938 in Japan, which later got merged into Indian Independence League as well as International Army. Please to inform that in current time, the Pranpatishta for the first Vedic temple of Shri Sri Radha Govindji was conducted in Tokyo in the year of 2011 after the Grand Tohoku earthquake. I would like to wind up by quoting two prominent Japanese Indologists, starting with Dr. Daisetsu Taro Suzuki, who mentioned that, quote, the study of Japanese thought is the study of Hind Indian thought, unquote. Lastly, I would like to recall the words of very famous Indologist Shri Hajime Nakamura, indicating that, quote, without Indian influence, Japanese culture would not be what it is today. As most Japanese profess the Buddhist faith, they have generally been influenced by Indian ideas to a great extent." Unquote. Namaskar. Dhaniwad. Sanu Bunaktu Saviriam Karavavai Ejasvina Madita Mustu Avit Vishavai Om Shanti 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 Ariyom Taksatum Namashwaya. Good morning, good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm very grateful for this opportunity provided on this platform to speak about Vedanta, which is an essential element of Vedanta and as the unifier of the human race. Um, I think uh, I've been listening to some speakers, and I think most of you are fully aware of the of the theoretical aspects. I won't go too much into that. Uh, I will take it in a slightly different uh, Um My name is Sachitarand. And uh, I follow the tradition of uh, Shankaracharya and uh, through my Sadhguru, Swami Shivananda. I was a grassy, just like any of you, um, with a family, uh, with a job, and getting a good education, right? And uh, uh, trying to make money, get houses, more houses, more land, and so on and so forth. I used to work with pretty good companies because I had a financial education. Finally, I worked with a company called Tata Steel who's founder of the great GRD, Tata, recruited me for the company. Thereafter, uh, I felt this uh, sense, deep sense of unfulfillment. Uh, normally, one should have been fulfilled by the education, by the resources, by whatever one has achieved. 
but I did not feel that. In fact, I, when I reviewed myself, I found that um, I had actually achieved nothing, which is a very difficult thing to accept. Uh, that one has not achieved anything really, except maybe living like an animal in a slightly better. So that is what drove me to be a sannyasi. Uh, just like my, my grandfather, uh, Swami Brahmananda, who was a direct disciple of Swami Shiva. And uh, when I was to take sannyas, this I will share with you. Uh, uh, one of the rituals that they do is a uh, All of you are aware of that. You do shraddha rituals for your parents uh, and so on and so forth. All of you are aware of that. So in this case, we do our own uh, for ourselves, uh, symbolizing the depth of the old body. And then uh, I was born into a famine family, not by my choice, but I was born in and I was wearing the sacred thread, irrespective of the kind of life I was leading. Other thread was there with me from the age of five or six. Uh, they asked me, should we cut it? I said, uh, yes, cut it. Then uh, uh, the person giving the dikshas, I will say, in your ear, and you say, These are both Mahavakyas from the Vedas. And uh, I said, Yes, of course. And that was the ritual. And uh, thereafter, immediately after. I was told that uh, you do not belong to any country. You do not belong to any caste. You do not belong to any gender. You belong to the human race. So using the Vedas as your armor, study whatever you need to do, go out and be of service to me. I think I took this to heart. I have not taken many things to heart in my life. In fact, I was a very big skeptic of many things, being highly intellectual. But I took this to heart. I said, if there is this potentiality of a person reaching, reaching to the highest level of the universal consciousness, then it's worth trying for. It's worth having as a goal, and I took it very seriously. What is Vedanta? See, let us look at Western science. What is Western science been trying to do, right? They come to the conclusion that the atomic molecule is the basic element of all the universe. And they have been trying to break the atom into 
more and more pieces through CERN and uh, it's the institution that the, the tunnel that runs through through France and through Germany and at break, break the atoms at the speed of light, close to the speed of light, and then try to understand what is the final element. Why should you do that? What is the need for that? Because the human being wants the, to answer the question, have the question answered. What is the basis of all this? It's a legitimate question to ask. But the Western scientists, the way Western philosophy, Western scientists, they will not, they will fail because uh, uh, when you are looking at matter and you're breaking into more matter, then you will get only matter as a result of that. You cannot get anything else. So at the same time, when you look at the, the stages and spheres and riches um, of our country of ancient times, there have been certain dates given. I think most of them are wrong. It's far more ancient than that. Okay. And uh, uh, during these times, it was the same thirst uh, uh, for this knowledge. What is the basis of this? Whether you look up at the sky, whether you look up at the ground, whether you look around you, everything is so beautiful, so well structured. What can be the cause of So the Vedas, as you are already aware, the first three portion deals with Artha, Kama, and Dharma. Okay. These three needs of society are met in the initial stages of the of the Vedas, right? Through various rituals, various knowledge, so that they can grow into that. Have to take the steps to grow into that, either in this life or the life before or the next life. So these are steps in the process of moksha. And the final portion, therefore, is called Vedanta, right? Which is the Upanishads, and which deals with no rituals at all. It does not deal with any rituals, it deals only with one concept. And that is the concept of Atman and Brahman. Now, Atman and Brahman, when you say Atman, Atman is the pure consciousness, as all of you are aware, which is running through us, which makes us aware. The human being is like a robot. Okay? There's nothing different from a robot. Got various all put together. That's why they are able to make robots based looking at human beings. The only element that differentiates us from a robot is the electricity which we call as consciousness. Without that electricity of consciousness, the robot will not work. It's of no use at all. So the Atman is the pure consciousness residing in an individual. And <clears throat> the same thing also resides in everyone else, everything else, including trees, plants, birds, bees, 
earth. So it's the same thing which is called Brahman. The only Western scientists who came close to understanding this idea of, uh, of, uh, of consciousness, the universal level was Carl Jung. And he was thrown away from the, by the psychologist of that generation as talking nonsense because it is not, but it cannot be pursued by science. <coughs> so, what is this? Is this knowledge? First of all, is, is it uh, is it uh, experienceable? Is the question. Today we are at times when everybody uses words, and uh, you need not know anything. You can use words. You seem very wise, and you become more dangerous because since you do not have the correct knowledge correctly placed, you can interpret it to any way that you want, and that is what's happening. That I see abundantly happening outside many people. India as well as from the West. People calling themselves Ba and Guru and Sadguru and what have you. I cannot call myself a Guru. That is the biggest ego. <coughs> ego functioning. Others have to see you as one. Okay? If at all. So this kind of thing is going on in society today. And uh, what we are seeing is that a lot of misinterpretation is going on with the words. So is it experienceable? The question. If you look at the last two or three centuries, right? Starting from, let us say, Vivekananda's trip to US, right? There have been doyens and doyens. There are many, many people. Including my Sudguru, Sivananda, Swami Yogananda, Vivekananda, Ramana Maharishi, you name it. Swami Chidananda, Swami um, uh, Chidananda, Swami uh, Chinmayananda. There are many whom you know, but there are many others who are in the villages. As I have done extensive Padhyatra in the villages, there are many people in the villages who are very aware and they are sustaining that society that nobody knows about them, nobody talks about them. But there are people who are aware. So if all these people have come to the same conclusion in 2020, which was given to us maybe in some past times without giving a date, Obviously, it has to be true. So this is what I told myself logically, because Vedanta is a logical science. So why should I question that? Let us do what is required to be done. And what is required to be done is to get a high level of purity in the mind. The purity will determine whether you can get that experience or not. Everything else said is only in words. 
So, yes, it is experienceable. That is what we know. And it is for you to claim also experience. Nobody stops you. Vedanta and Vedas don't belong to Hindu religion or Hindu It belongs to the world. To every person who calls himself a human being, this is an offering to them saying that choose, take what you want. If you want to take it, that is your choice. Oh, we have made an offering to humankind. Whether it is yoga, also is an offering to humankind. That humankind misuses it is a different problem. So, it is experience. And I'm also telling you that if you are able to get a reasonably good theatrical knowledge or an intellectual knowledge of it, with some, some, uh, some introspection, some meditation in it, uh, your life will be transformed. I have seen this happening with people in India, people whom I have never met in the US, who may be even listening today, who have seen their life transformed because of this idea that you can reach that highest pinnacle of spirituality. It is possible to reach that. And that the body-mind complex is a tool to be used for the benefit of society. I am also in touch with some Jeevan Muktas, that is people who have reached the highest level and then they walk around like human beings. If you meet them, you will probably never realize what they are. You probably won't even recognize what they are. But there are people like that in this country. Now, the question is, if a person is able to understand this idea, how can he or she cause harm to anyone? It is like Arakil, right? If I cause you harm, then I am causing myself harm. I am not such a fool that I should cause myself harm. It's simple logic. You are not going to uh, you know, pull your own eyes out or your nose out. So all these other people, all the other people are but a reflection of our own self. If you are able to understand that, then you will deal with them appropriately. It's not only other people. <clears throat> you know, my, my uh, Sadhguru, he was a fantastic being. He said, in the universe, there is a place for only one God. If two gods are there, then the universe will not exist. Only one God is there. And all are paths. Let them take their paths. But at least you take the path so that you can follow your God. That much you can do. That is what Sanatana Dharma teaches us. That is what Hindutva teaches us. Follow it. But at least follow it properly. Follow the Dharma. In that. So you can see the vitiation that is happening everywhere because of the this lack of knowledge and because of this lack of awareness, right? So, but this is how we we have to live. You know that even in in Veda, is a simple ritual, a homam that has to be done. We need a grass for that. 
to cut it, we have to pray and then we cut it. We say, we are sorry for cutting this. Please give me, let me use it for the woman. And this is the purpose for which we are cutting it. We do Bhumi Puja before we constructed it. These are known. We have been environmentalists from the core from the very beginning. This word environmentalist has occurred just in the last hundred years because nature has decided to hit you and you have kept on raping her practically. It's not a word we use, but that is what's happening. So how then can you survive if you, if you are living in an interdependent world? The design of the universe and consciousness is interdependency. It's not an independent union. Nothing is independent. The sun is not independent of the galaxy. The earth is not independent of the sun. Right? We are not independent of the earth. Nothing is independent. Your breath is tells you that. Yet we continue to form these divisions and hatred and violence that is going on, which is which looks to me like a drama, nothing else. Today we are talking about physical violence. Let me tell you. What about psychological violence? What are people suffering from who look normal? What are they suffering from? They look perfectly healthy. No, they are not. They are physically, mentally sick people. And the COVID has thrown up this. The number of people who cannot deal with being in one place for some period of time, even though they know it's for the benefit of others. So this is what our teaching is to the world at large. Okay? And uh, this, uh, all of us, if we keep in mind, and we work, uh, there is nothing to be said. The sword of knowledge is strong enough. The only problem is the knowledge is there. Okay? I was reading. We are putting up a small Veda Pacha. Okay? Very small Veda Pacha. For the oral transmission of, of Vedas, which has been going on for centuries. Okay? Which is less than one-fourth of an acre bringing out 10 or 12 people every 12 years with a maximum capacity of 32 or 40 people at any point of time. And people told me, make it into a big one. Somebody, what is this? 12 acres of land, I've got to take it. No, but it's small. Very small. Why? Because there are 736 districts in the country that you call India today. Okay. I don't know exactly, but it is close to that. We need a Veda Patsala in every district of the country. First, as a first step, a small Veda Patsala can be funded. Government can even give a quarter acre of land very easily, without any difficulty. There are big parts that can help feed the teachers for this And over a period of 20 or 25 years, this number 
should increase from one to five or six. Only when we have around five to six Veda Parchala at every district, and perhaps even in your communities in America, that we can really talk about Sanatra Dharma taking the roots in society. Today, the consumerism, the capitalist system, has created a de-link in our systems. Dealing with Vedanta. I was just looking at a study being just opened in Venkateshwar University, where they made a study and they said that at the end of the study, they said that the oral transmission of Vedas is getting weak, become very weak. What is the mission that we should have? They are relooking at it. They are very happy to see somebody doing that. Now, you have many proposals in this conference, I'm sure. But you will take it to various parties. It's a beautiful conference, put up with a lot of difficulty. I request you to take this also into account. And how it can be converted into a meaningful action. Because this is one thing that will not let you down. Right? This is the one thing that will perpetuate what we have. So long as you believe that there is a weakness that is creating. And other speakers have also talked about that. So I thought this is a small offering that I would like to make. You may make it at whichever level you want and do whatever. We will continue to do what we are doing to set up a model so that it is transferable to other districts if people choose to do so. If there is support from supporters, if they choose to do so, they can do so. I have decided not to expand at all and I do not want to go into the large systems of managing ashrams rather than do what we are supposed to do. Once again, I'm very grateful to all of you for having provided me the opportunity. Om Purnamadam Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishate Om Shanti Shanti नमस्कार गत दो दिनों इस आयोजन का साक्षी हुआ हूं और अलग अलग विद्वत जनों से जो भाव हम सुन रहे हैं जो विचार आ रहे हैं उससे समझ आता है कि कितना बड़ा ये मंथन है आयोजन विचार मंथन है विविध आयामों पर चर्चा हुई है सनातन क्या है इसकी चर्चा करते हुए कुछ नए बिंदु इस मंथन से निकले ये नए बिंदु खोजने की ललक और इन्हें स्वीकार करने वाला खाली बिंदु ही नहीं तलाशेंगे उन्हें स्वीकार भी करेंगे ये विशाल हृदय ही हिंदुत्व सदा समकालीन बनाए रखता है एज वी सी 
discussions have been held on various dimensions while discussing what is sanatan some new points have emerged from this brainstorming the urge to discover new points and the huge heart that accept them keep so if you ask me what what is hindutva i will say being or being hindu chir nutan chir puratan yahi hai ever new eternally old this is sanatan if you if you have to say in today's terminology i will say we are open we are always ready to update being updated is being hindu as i said being always contemporary is being hindu i wish to add few more things to it if you to be true humanitarian hum lagatar alag alag ayam iske sunte rahe usme alag alag paksh hindutva se jude hue duniya ke samne aaye hain और और भी आने चाहिए इफ यू वॉन्ट टू बी ट्रू ह्यूमेनिटेरियन इफ यू वॉन्ट टू बी ट्रू लिबरल इफ यू वॉन्ट टू बी ट्रू नेचर लवर और कंजर्वेशनिस्ट यू हैव टू हैव हिंदू दूसरे के लिए नफरत नहीं और ईश्वर से अकारण भय नहीं तो दूसरे के लिए नफरत को खत्म करना ईश्वर को क्रोधी मानते हुए उससे भय करने का ये भ्रम तोड़ने का नाम हिंदुत्व है actually if you if you see hindutva is an announcement of love and peacefulness harmony among all not for one sect or society one part of society or for one uh, it is for all hindutva actually breaks the barrier of hatred for others it also declares that there is no need to afraid of god do your duty and stop you from attaining what you are supposed to achieve considering god as a negative power considering him to be always angry it is not sanatan philosophy i must say if you want to be true courageous then you have to have hindu mind hindu belief system kyunki aisa isliye kyunki hum ishwar ko krodhi nahi mante hum mante hain ki sara charachar jeev jagat jal chetan उस ईश्वर के अंश के तौर पर यह अभिव्यक्त हुआ है इसलिए फियर ऑफ गॉड या गॉड फियरिंग जैसी संकल्पना उससे परे जाकर हमारे यहां तो ईश्वर के लिए भी कथा भाव है मित्र भाव है उससे भी आगे जैसा एक उद्घोष मैंने सुना अभी उसको थोड़ा सा अच्छा करनी चाहिए तत्व मसी की घोषणा तत्व मसी तत्व असी यानी तुम वही हो दिस इज द phrase that declares that you are what you are looking for it shows that unity of the seeker and creator both are same what is in you it is in me also it is the same thing which is reflecting in all of us in this entire universe so what is there to be afraid of kisse darne ki zarurat hai tatva tatva se apne aap mein ek mahavakya hai घोषणा करता है जो तुम हो जो तुम खोज रहे हो जो मैं हूं जो वो प्रभु है ईश्वर है वो सब एक एक ही है साधक और साध्य वो दोनों की एकता को दर्शाता है जो तुझमें है वो मुझमें है जो हम सब में है उससे डरना क्या है इस इस दुनिया की सबसे बड़ी घोषणा का नाम अगर हम कहें तो ये हिंदुत्व है भारतीय दर्शन यानी इंडियन फिलोसफी के अनुसार 
जो इस शरीर में है वही इस ब्रह्मांड में है जो पिंड में है वो ब्रह्मांड में है सृष्टि और सृष्टिकर्ता के बीच का भेद मिटाने वाला दर्शन उस दर्शन काम है हिंदुत्व जिस विधाता ने पंच महाभूतों से इस ब्रह्मांड की रचना की उसी ने शरीर की भी रचना की है ऐसे में किसी भिन्नता का कोई औचित्य नहीं है जिस तरह से अगर कहा जाए एक पिता की सभी संतानों का गुणसूत्र एक होता है उसी तरह एक विदाता की रचना में भी अंतर नहीं हो सकता ऋग्वेद का पुरुष सूत्र पुरुष सूक्त आप देखें परमात्मा को एक विराट पुरुष के तौर पर अभिव्यक्त किया गया उसकी व्याख्या की गई है और उसके अलग अलग अंगों से पूरी सृष्टि का वर्णन है नेत्रों से सूर्य मुख से अग्नि मन से चंद्रमा कानों से कर्ण कोहरों से आकाश सिर से द्यूलोक चरणों से पृथ्वी ये सब ऐसे उत्पन्न हुए हैं हिंदुत्व का ये जो मर्म है वो बहुत बड़ा है हिंदुत्व का मर्म इसका भेद ये है कि मानवता में भेद नहीं करता भेद का भाव न होना हिंदू है क्योंकि आप कर्म फल का कोई आप अंतर नहीं कर सकते आपका अंतर अगर कोई पड़ता है पूरी यात्रा में तो आपके कर्म से पड़ता है और सनातन की खास बात क्या है विशेष बात क्या है सनातन किसी व्यक्ति से निर्मित नहीं हुआ किसी एक व्यक्ति ने उसको प्रोपोगेट नहीं किया इसलिए ऐसा के लिए कोई स्थान नहीं है जैसे ईश्वर सर्वव्यापक है वो किसी के लिए भेदभाव नहीं करता उसी तरह से हिंदुत्व है जो सनातन का पर्याय है यहाँ भेदभाव नहीं है इफ यू एसेंस अगर इफ यू वॉन्ट टू अंडरस्टैंड द एसेंस ऑफ हिंदुत्व इट डिनेट बिटवीन ह्यूमेनिटी टू हैव नो सेंस ऑफ डिस्टिंक्शन इज टू बी ए हिंदू सनातन धर्म इज नॉट क्रिएटेड बाई एनी इंडिविजुअल दैट इज वाई देर इज नो प्लेस ऑफ नैरोनेस इन इट जस्ट एज गॉड इज ओमनी प्रेजेंट He does not discriminate against anyone. Similarly, Hindu, Hinduism, which is synonymous with Sanatan Dharma, there is no place for discrimination. Dharma phal ka siddhant hamne baat ki. Koi vyakti hai, koi vyakti tak, koi ek pushtak tay nahi karegi. Ye aapke karma tay karenge ki aapki gati kya hai, aap sahi kar rahe hain ya galat. Aur main ek film ka purana gana hai. कि जैसे कर्म करेगा वैसे फल देगा भगवान ये है गीता का ज्ञान यही हिंदुत्व का सार है अगर हम कहें और जो बात है कि दूसरे से डिस्क्रिमिनेट नहीं करना क्या हिंदुत्व डिस्क्रिमिनेट करता है ऐसे बहुत सारे आरोप लगते हैं आजकल मगर अगर मुझसे पूछें तो डॉक्टर एपीजे अब्दुल कलाम मौलाना अब्दुल कलाम आजाद रफी अहमद किदवई अब्दुल रहीम खान खाना सैयद अली रस्थान आप नाम लेते जाइए जो मुसलमान होने पर भी हिंदू संस्थाओं में जिन्हें सम्मान मिला अच्छा मंच मिला जिनकी बात सुनी गई एनी बेसेंट मार्गरेट अलवा भगनी निवेदा जिनका बाद में नाम रहा दीनबंधु एंड्रयूज महात्मा गांधी की शिष्य मीराबाई आप ये अगर देखेंगे ये ईसाई समाज से थे मगर हिंदू समाज ने उनका सत्कार किया सम्मान किया उनकी बात को भी वैसा ही महत्व दिया जैसे हिंदू संत या मार्गदर्शक बात करते हैं उस 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 ज्ञान के लिए पिपासु ये जो दिखता है ये हिंदू धर्म है ये ओपननेस हर एक की बात सुनना और सही को स्वीकारने के लिए तैयार रहना गलत का तिरस्कार जो ठीक होने की प्रक्रिया में है 
उस और जो सही है उसको पुरस्कार ये हिंदुत्व है ये खुलापन ये ओपननेस ये हिंदुत्व है एक और बात है हिंदुत्व को लेकर बहुत सारी जहरीली बातें होती हैं वैमनस्यकारी विश्व भरी बातें ऐसा ही करना जिनका स्वभाव है उनको भी मैं हिंदुत्व के बारे में एक उदाहरण समझाना चाहूंगा हिंदू जो है वो नाग पंचमी पे सर्पों को दूध पिला सकता है मगर मत भूलिए कि जब जरूरत पड़ती है एक हद से आगे बढ़ जाती है बात तो कालिया मर्दन करने का जो उदाहरण है वो भी हिंदुत्व के पास है जन्मेजय का नाग यज्ञ वो करने का भी उदाहरण हिंदुत्व के पास है किसी के लिए नफरत नहीं पालना किंतु ये स्पष्ट ठीक से चले इसके लिए शठे शाठ्यम समाचरे ये विचार लेकर परिस्थिति के अनुसार व्यवहार करना ये दर्शन भी हिंदुत्व का है यानी हिंदू किसी संप्रदाय का विरोधी होगा ये अज्ञानता से भरी हुई बात है मगर परिस्थिति ठीक करने के लिए जो ठीक चीज है उस राह पर चलने का नाम है हिंदुत्व फिर हिंदुत्व और भारत के संबंध की बात होती है हिंदुत्व का भारत से क्या संबंध ये गर्भनाल का संबंध है अभी स्वामी विवेकानंद जी का की चर्चा आई थी अमेरिका यूरोप सब जगह पूरी दुनिया में हिंदू धर्म की धर्म ध्वजा उन्होंने फहराई थी जब श्रीलंका से अल्मोड़ा तक अमरा की तो उद्बोधनों में कहा कि याद रखो हर देश की एक विशेष नियति रहती है उसको निभाने के लिए उसका जीवन है विश्व को देने के लिए हर के हर देश के पास अपना विशेष संदेश हम देखें कुछ देशों को अल्पसंसाधनों में जीवन जीवन कैसे हो ये दिखता है कहीं श्रम की पराकाष्ठा दिखती है कहीं उद्योग दिखता है उद्यमिता दिखती है पूंजीवादी मॉडल दिखता है भारत के पास क्या है ये प्रत्येक राष्ट्र का क्या अलग अस्तित्व है उसकी क्या आत्मा है महर्षि अरविंद ने उस विवेकानंद जी के उसी विचार को आगे लेकर अपनी पुस्तक लिखी भारतीय संस्कृति के अधिष्ठान उसमें उन्होंने लिखा कि प्राचीन सब जो देश है उनको दीर्घकालीन जीवन जो पुराना एक चला आ रहा है संस्कृति है उससे जो अनुभव उससे जो विशेष जीवन क्रम और दृष्टिकोण विकसित हुआ है अंततः वो हमारी धरोहर बन गया है और वो इस देश की पहचान बन गया है वो पहचान क्या है उस पहचान का नाम ही हिंदुत्व है और स्वामी विवेकानंद ने अपने भाषण में इसी पहचान को पहचानने के लिए कहा था देश के इस आत्मभाव का भारत के इस आत्मभाव का नाम है हिंदुत्व अंग्रेजी में हिंदू नेस कही है आप इसे जैसे इंग्लैंड का इंग्लिश नेस जर्मनी का जर्मन नेस फ्रांस का फ्रेंच नेस उसी तरह से हिंदू नेस स्वदेशी भाषा में हिंदुत्व अस्वाभाविक नहीं है इसमें कुछ भी जब आप देखिए जब देश स्वतंत्र हुआ तो बहुत दबा हुआ मन था ऊपर उठने के लिए उत्साह की चेतना की सही दिशा की आवश्यकता थी तो इस देश को वो चेतना कहां से मिली वो ज्ञान कहा मिला वो बोधवाक्य कहां से मिले हमारे उपनिषदों से सत्य में वो जय सत्यम शिवम सुंदरम आया न्याय के लिए धर्म चक्र प्रवर्तन आया आया योग क्षेम वहां में हम एल जैसी संस्था का ध्येय वाक्य जो है चिंता करना सब वो वाक्य ऐसा ही हिंदू दर्शन का एक और सर्वे सर्वे संतु सर्वे पश्यंतु घोषणा और कौन करता है 
ऐसी घोषणा करने का साहस किसने जो पूरी सृष्टि को अपना मानता है जो मानता है कि परमात्मा अलग अलग रूपों में अभिव्यक्त जो हुआ है जो मुझ में अभिव्यक्त है वो इस पूरी सृष्टि में अभिव्यक्त है और इसलिए सबका मंगल होने में सबका ठीक है वो जो उद्घोषणा है मुझे लगता है कि वो हिंदुत्व है दूसरी एक और बात कि हिंदुत्व सिर्फ अपना जीवन ठीक नहीं रखता इस जीवन से बाकी चीजें भी कैसे ठीक रहें इसकी व्यवस्था भी करता है वो आप अपनी यात्रा में आगे बाकी सबके लिए चीजें ना बिगाड़ें बाकी क्योंकि अभी जैसे इंटरडिपेंडेंट बताए इंडिपेंडेंट नहीं इंटरडिपेंडेंट तो सब आपस में जुड़ा हुआ है एक गड़बड़ करेगा तो सबका खराब होगा इसके लिए भी व्यवस्था करता है हिंदू वो कैसे करता है मैं रूसी भाषा पढ़ा था तो रूसी भाषा के वहां पंखे के लिए कोई शब्द नहीं है वो पंखे की जगह बोलते हैं वांतिलेटर वांतिलेटर क्यों बोलते हैं क्योंकि इतनी गर्मी नहीं थी कि पंखे की आवश्यकता पड़ती सिर्फ झरोखे से काम चल जाता था तो झरोखे का नाम ही पंखे का नाम हो गया वांतिलेटर अंग्रेजी में अगर देखें तो आपको घी के लिए कोई शब्द नहीं मिलेगा जो हम घर घर में रोटी चुपड़ के खाते हैं दाल में घी में डाल देते हुए लोग घी अच्छे से जानते हैं इस घी के लिए कोई शब्द नहीं मिलेगा क्यों नहीं मिलेगा क्योंकि पश्चिम में सर्दी होती थी और मक्खन बनाने के बाद वो खराब नहीं होता था उसके खराब होने की चिंता नहीं थी आगे भी इसकी कुछ यात्रा हो सकती है ये भी कभी सोचा नहीं मगर हमारी माँ दादी नानी सबने देखा कि नहीं मक्खन से काम नहीं चलता ये कुछ दिन के बाद खराब हो जाता है इसे ठीक रखना है तो इसे गर्म करना पड़ेगा इसे टिकाऊ बनाना पड़ेगा इसे ठीक रखने के लिए इसे टिकाऊ बनाने के लिए उन्होंने एक प्रक्रिया बनाई उसके बाद जो निकला वो घी इसी तरह से जो व्यक्ति है उसे ठीक रखना पड़ेगा और मृत्यु के बाद ये यात्रा ठीक खत्म नहीं हो जाती इसलिए व्यक्ति सिर्फ अपनी मृत्यु तक का सोचकर चलेगा तो सारी चीजें खराब करेगा जैसे मक्खन पर फफूंदी लग जाती है बदबू करता है ऐसे ही उसकी यात्रा यहाँ पर खत्म नहीं हो रही है व्यक्ति में कोई दुर्गुण ना हो इसलिए उसे संस्कारित करने का काम व्यक्ति जब जब गर्भाधान होता है तब पुंसवन संस्कार से लेकर अंतिम संस्कार तक की यात्रा पूरी नहीं हुई है तुम्हारे बाद तुम्हारी भी यात्रा है और अन्य की भी यात्रा चल रही है इसलिए इस जीवन में सब कुछ ठीक जिम्मेदारी का भाव देने का नाम हिंदुत्व है एक आजकल चलिए योलो मेंटेलिटी यू लिव ओनली यू लिव ओनली वन अगर आप जब ये सुनो के लिए चिंताओं से मुक्त हो जाते हैं सिर्फ अपनी चिंताओं में खो जाते हैं ये गलत है पूरा पर्यावरण पूरी सृष्टि सारी विविधता आपसे जुड़ी हुई है आप उसी के अंश हैं इसको बताने का सूक्ष्म तरीके से बताने के भाव का नाम है हिंदुत्व मैं दो और बिंदुओं की चर्चा करूंगा हिंदुत्व ये एक सर्व समावेशक दृष्टि है और वास्तव में विकासोन्मुख जो दृष्टि है डेवलपमेंटल अप्रोच जो है उसका नाम हिंदुत्व है अगर कोई विचार जड़ होगा एक ही जगह रुका रहेगा तो दुनिया तो चल रही है तो जड़ विचार विश्व में उस फूटे से आप बंधे नहीं रह सकते यही कारण है कि हिंदुत्व का विचार आज पूरे विश्व में जिज्ञासा जगा रहा है उत्कंठा जगा रहा है लोग उसके बारे में इंक्वायर कर रहे हैं जानकारी ले रहे हैं हिंदुत्व का विचार भारत में या भारत तक सीमित नहीं रह सकता 
पूरी दुनिया में अपने वैज्ञानिक दर्शन के समय के साथ करुणताल करने के कारण अपने अनूठे गुण के कारण ये पूरी दुनिया का ध्यान खींच रहा है तुलनाओं की कभी से कसा जाएगा फिर हिंदुत्व तो अपना गुण साबित रहेगा हमें इसका भरोसा करना चाहिए हमें इसका भरोसा इसलिए करना चाहिए क्योंकि ये पहली बार नहीं होगा इतिहास की कसौटी पर बार बार ये हुआ है और हिंदुत्व तो ने हर बार इसे साबित किया है प्रगतिशील विमर्श के दो मुद्दों की मैं बात करता हूं एक मुद्दा है पर्यावरण का और दूसरा है मानव अधिकार का कार्बन उत्सर्जन को लेकर बड़ी बड़ी वैश्विक बहसें हो रही हैं इराक और अफगानिस्तान जैसे क्षेत्रों से उमड़ती हुई उत्पीड़न की कहानियां हैं इन्होंने इन मुद्दों को और बड़ा बनाया है इतिहास की कसौटी पर इन मुद्दों पर हिंदुत्व की दृष्टि देखिए समस्त पर्यावरण सारी की सारी प्रकृति केवल केवल मानव के उपभोग के लिए ये सिमेटिक सिद्धांत है मजहबी दर्शन ये था आज इस दर्शन पर प्रश्न उठ रहे हैं पश्चिम की दुनिया आक्रांत है बड़ी बड़ी कंपनियों से और ये जो पूंजीवादी ढांचा है या जैसा चीन का पैटर्न है दुनिया का सबसे बड़ा महाजन आजकल चीन ही है तो आज पूरी दुनिया इको फ्रेंडलीनेस के लिए चिल्ला रही है इको फ्रेंडली इको फ्रेंडली मगर हिंदुत्व का दर्शन क्या कहता है वो इको ब्रदरली की बात करता है प्रण के साथ बंधुता का भाव भरतहरी एक एक फिलोसोफर पोइट हुए हैं उन्होंने पंचभूतों की वंदना की है कि हे माता पिता वायु सखा अग्नि बंधु पानी भैया आकाश आप सबको मेरा प्रणाम आप सबके सत्संग से मिले हुए पुण्य के कारण इसी पुण्यायुति की प्राप्त हो रही है वैराग्य शतकम में सारी नहीं फिर मानव अधिकार की आप बात कहिए मानव अधिकार का विषय अपने आज के स्वरूप में आप जो दिखाई देता है वो एकेडमिक ज्यादा दिखाई देता है मानवीय ऐसा नहीं है और एकेडमिक भी कब से दिखाई देता है 1948 द्वितीय विश्व युद्ध उन्नीस की बात है द्वितीय विश्व युद्ध के बाद जो 48 में 10 दिसंबर को यूनाइटेड नेशन की जनरल असेंबली में मानवीय अधिकारों जिसे एक अमूल्य दस्तावेज कहा गया मानवीय इतिहास का उसका चौदवा अनुच्छेद कहता है कि उत्पीड़न से मुक्त होना और उसके लिए किसी भी देश की शरण लेना ये एक मानव का अधिकार है मगर हिंदुस्तान का इतिहास क्या कहता है रोम साम्राज्य से जो उत्पीड़ित यहूदी थे उन्हें इस देश में शरण किसने दी आठवीं सदी में मुसलमानी जो इस्लामी उन्मादी थे उनसे पीड़ित पारसी थे उन बंधुओं को शरण किसने दी चौथी सदी में ईसाइयों का जो नॉनेट था उस समूह को किसने शरण दी हम सब जानते हैं क्योंकि उन दिनों उन्नीस का ये यूनिवर्सल डिक्लेरेशन तो नहीं था ये कागज में नहीं था मगर भारत के मानस में हिंदुत्व में ये ये सदा से था महानारायणोपनिषद में कहा गया है यत विश्वम भवत्येक नीडम यानी पूरा विश्व संपूर्ण प्राणी जाति को एक साथ रहने के लिए घोंसले जैसा है इतना उदात्त तत्व जो है वो व्यवहार में उतर सकता है इसका उदाहरण दुनिया के सामने सबसे पहले हिंदुत्व ने रखा
अहम भारत में रखा हिंदुत्व की ये एक में मार्शल मैक्रूहान की एक थ्योरी पढ़ाई जाती है प्रबंधन ग्लोबल विलेज वैश्विक ग्राम की मगर भारत की अवधारणा उससे सदियों पुरानी है और इससे कहीं आए वो वैश्विक ग्राम की बात नहीं करता वो ग्लोबल फैमिली की बात करता है वसुधैव वो कुटुम्बकम यानी अगर आप ग्राम की बात करोगे तो जमीन की बात करोगे जमीन से वो आत्मीयता उस तरीके की नहीं होती मगर जब कुटुंब हो जाता है तो रक्त जाता है एक मानवीय तत्व जुड़ जाता है इस मानवीय तत्व की संकल्पना वो हिंदुत्व की संकल्पना है ये ज्ञान भारत ने दिया है तो अगर समय के साथ चलना है तो आपको हिंदुत्व के साथ चलना होगा नहीं तो केवल अपना हित सोचकर पर्यावरण को नष्ट करने वाले राजनीति में रहकर दूसरे का विनाश करने वाले सिर्फ मतलब किसी को जाने वाले ब्लैक लाइफ मैटर की बात करने वाले किंतु ऑल लाइफ मैटर की बात भूल जाने वाले विचार ये सारा विध्वंस मचा देंगे दूसरे को खत्म करने की जो कबीलाई सोच है अरे इसलिए मानवता का प्राण हिंदुत्व में है ब्लैक लाइफ मैटर बट फॉरगेट अबाउट ऑल लाइफ में इक्वली मैटर विल रैक हैव ट्राइबल मीडियबल थिंकिंग टू एलिमिनेट अदर डोंट डिस्ट्रॉय ह्यूमैनिटी देर फोर द लाइफ ऑफ ह्यूमैनिटी लाइज इन हिंदुत्व क्योंकि यही एक दर्शन है जिसका उद्घोष ही सबके लिए है क्योंकि इसका उद्घोष ही है सर्वे भवंत सुखिना तो सबके मंगल की कामना का जो विचार है उस विचार को आज दुनिया के सामने आ, हम आ, चर्चा करने के लिए बैठे हैं मैं साधुवाद करूंगा आयोजकों का जिन्होंने इतना सुंदर मंच पूरी दुनिया से विद्वानों को जोड़ा सभी बंधु भगिनी जो सब जगह से इसके श्रोता के तौर पर कंट्रीब्यूटर के तौर पर जुड़े और इसी के साथ के इतने सुंदर मंच पर आपने मुझे अपनी बात कहने का कुछ मौका दिया मैं अपनी बात को इस घोष के साथ ही पूरा करूंगा सर्वे भवंत सुखना सर्वे संतु निरामया सर्वे भद्राणे पश्चिंतु मा कश्चित दुख भाग भवे ओम शांति शांति प्रणाम सादर नमस्कार नमन आप सबको माय नेम इज सात्पराशर ऑन द ओकेजन ऑफ कंक्लूडिंग डे ऑफ द हिंदुत्व फॉर ग्लोबल गुड कॉन्फ्रेंस 2021 इट इज माय प्रिविलेज टू मेक ए फ्यू कंक्लूडिंग रिमार्क्स वी हैव हैड दिस कॉन्फ्रेंस ओवर थ्री डेज September 30th to October 2 US time and October 1 to 3 India time and elsewhere as per their respective time zones in this conference we have had 18 speakers from across the globe from Japan in the east to United States in the west and representing all walks of life including science culture business education and spirituality for me personally it has been 
a treat, unique treat, to hear such distinguished scholars and experts from one platform. And I do hope each one of you have enjoyed the same way. I was shared your comments, messages, which you had exchanged in the chat box. I was amazed to see that the frequency of the chat, comments, message exchange was almost around three to four per minute. So we were together every day for about 140 minutes and multiply that by about four to five per minute kind of messages are exchanged is amazing. We sincerely thank you and appreciate your participation in this conference. One of the message which is very interesting, which was shared with me was of the second day. The message read, I am pointing out because it does not make sense to me. I wish to make a submission to the author of that comment. Being in education for over 50 years, I can say that nobody can educate anybody. Education is a self-learning process. Indeed, all communication, formal or informal, is required, requiring two things. One is the coder of the message and other is the decoder of the message. And if the receptor of the message is not well equipped, is not capable to decode the message, no communication can take place. Suggestion is that the coder should be empathic to the decoder and the decoder should be a true seeker. I can assure you, if these two elements are put together, everybody will make sense of what is being taught. And we here promise to anyone and everyone, please feel free to reach Hindutva for Global Good by email or Twitter, better with the hashtag Hindutva for Global Good with your questions, queries, doubts and we shall respond to the best of our ability promptly. This conference has made amply clear that Hinduism and Hindutva cannot be segregated. Well, unless you are a mischievous or motivated mind, or they can do everything. You can't say, I recognize and admire Hinduism Hindu culture, history, practices, traditions, and contributions to all walks of life. And then say, but not Hindutva. This is not logical. Hindutva is the inner core, the heart and soul of Hinduism. Hindutva is the innate 
guiding philosophy and principle of Hinduism and the Hindu way of life. There have been a number of valuable and thought-provoking observations made during this conference. I wish to briefly re-emphasize a few. Those which I believe, if understood and adopted in our daily life, will make this planet for all of us more peaceful, more prosperous, and more sustainable. In the interest of the time, thank you for staying so long. In the interest of time, I will re-emphasize only five aspects, five observations. One, Bharatiya versus Hindu. Second, Hindutva, the core values. Three, Hindutva, the mother of world's constitutions. Four, false propaganda and disinformation campaign against Hindutva, Hinduism, and Hindustan. The fifth and the last observation which I will touch upon will be what ought you to do to beat, to meet and beat, I would say, this propaganda and that will be for the good of the planet and the humanity at large. It is our bounden duty. Now, in order to understand Bharatiya versus Hindu, I wish you all to recall what was quoted from Atal Bihari Bajpayee, India's highly distinguished politician and former Prime Minister. And I quote, Atal Bihari Bajpayee used to say, when I call myself Bharatiya, I get connected to the world. But when I call myself Hindu, I get connected to the universe. I believe it's pretty easy to understand the context. Bharat or India as a nation exists in relation to League of Nations and territories of this planet. But universe is this planet and beyond. As a Bharatiya, we and he got connected with other nations, but as Hindu, he got connected and we get connected with the universe. In this statement, indeed, I saw that there is a profound practical message implied. And that message is, you are what you perceive yourself to be. I repeat, the profound message that I saw in this sentence is, you are what you perceive yourselves to be. Therefore, a question becomes, would you like to perceive yourself to be connected to a regimented thought and sect or the universe, the planet and the humanity at large? I believe humanity view is better view 
you become part of the universal brotherhood. You become lover of and being loved by diversity in all its forms. You become a member of a society of mutual love and care. Interdependent, together we live better. Indeed, if you get in the thought of humanity, you are then in effect consciousness. I have seen a number of successful businessmen and rich people in their ripe age traveling to India in search of consciousness. My view is time is now. Or as they say, catch them young. Don't wait for the ripe age. Now is the time. In the above context which I have described, a deeper question comes to my mind. And the question is, from where does come the human perception of Bharatiya or Hindu? Well, I admit, psychologists will be able to answer this question better for you. But in day-to-day -day experience, human perception is a function of human environment and the influences. The human environment and influences, among others, include your personal education and experiences, which emanate from your family and social networks. Hope you would agree. The book from which you study is the key element here. I have asked hundreds of people, what is the secret of your success? And not 99%. 100% the answer is, at least from the people who come from India, my parents and my teachers. And that parents are the first teachers, and then we have the formal teachers. And the key element of that education is the book from which you study. If you think of Hindus and their book, it is not one. You have heard enough. And I would say that's the biggest strength of the Hindus. They are educated and trained in the life skills through a multiplicity flow of thoughts. The result. Hindus tend to have holistic thinking, coexistence, consensus building and critical thinking as their daily diet. The result, a peaceful living and prosperity are the necessary concomitants of this philosophy or way of life. Maybe I have spoken quite a few words to memorize and remember, I would say, for ease of reference, all that I have spoken Thus far, you may just remember a word, Hindutva or Hinduism. Now, let me share with you some observations which have been made in this conference about 
what are the core values of Hindutva? You heard Dharma, Arth, Kam, Moksha. To a common man, Moksha is abstract and incomprehensible. But I'm so glad that this group of people that we are here, we are lucky. We are lucky because we have met Swami Sachidanandji. He is the personification of Moksha. He lived a life of a grusty, educated job sannyasi as he described himself. In addition to dharma, artha, kama, moksha, ahinsa, mercy, love, gratitude, straightness of manasa, vachasa, karmana, straightness of thought, speech, and action. These have been pointed out, of course, there were a few more, core values of Hindutva. And please don't forget, strength respects strength. The word history of all ages have shown that the winner, without exception, <clears throat> has been one <clears throat> who is better equipped and have better fire better firepower. Swami Chidmayanandaji, you might have heard his name. He was one of the India's great freedom fighters and a religious guru. He had given a very resounding message. Ahinsa Parmo Dharma is quite popular as a message given by Mahatma Gandhiji. We respect it. We love it. But we should also know what a freedom fighters like Swami Chinmanda, sorry, Chinmayanandji said. His message was Ahinsa Parmo Dharma, Dharma Hinsa Tadaivacha. Non violence is a great value. But greater is violence to save Dharma. Dharmo Rakshati. Rakshataha. Those who protect dharma, dharma protects them. This is true in our daily corporate life also, where I have spent larger portion of my life. Well, that is for another time. I'm not going to tell you that how does it work in the corporate life. But that is how I have earned my livelihood all 50 years talking about how dharma, rakshati, rakshato in corporate daily life. Also, please remember what Acharya Chanakya Ji said. He said, if you want to live in this world, live this world's ways, else resign and go to jungles. You have Satyu, you have Treta, you had Dwapar, now you have Kalyu. In this yuga, we have to live 
by the same means and methods that they are applied to and against us. The third major observation which I want to re-emphasize is very profound. Sanatan Dharma is the mother of words constitutions. I repeat. Sanatan Dharma is the mother of words constitutions. A very thought-provoking question was raised in the conference yesterday. And the question was, what was there to guide framers of political constitutions of the countries and the various territories of this world? You can put a you can put a dateline. You can put a dateline to the constitution that you have in America, or for that matter, any country of the world. What was that that guided those first framers of the constitution? Where from did come life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness? Where from did come equality and freedom of speech and expression? Where from did come freedom of religious practices? Over these three years that I have been working actively related on the subject, and in the last three years that you have been listening, I would say, Sanatan Dharma, it is made clear to all of us, had it all much before any political constitution of the world incorporated it into that. Sanatan Dharma had, it has, and it will continue to have. You know the endurance which has been talked early this evening. I'm talking from the US time, of course, quite early in India. Sanatan Dharma had and has and will continue to have freedom of choice, of practices in all walks of life, personal, family and social. You are not the prisoner of anybody. However beautiful thought and messy that can be, you are not the prisoner of anybody. You are consciousness. You are bone free. You are Satchidananda. Sat Chid Anand. The fourth major observation which I wish to re-emphasize is what are the challenges of false propaganda or disinformation against Hindutva, Hinduism, and Hindustan? This conference has clearly brought out four things, or rather say five things. First, the false propaganda against Hindutva and Hinduism is going on for years. It is not of yesteryear or yester decade or 100 or 200 years. It's going on for many years. You have heard already, I mean, this morning in India, this evening in US. The second observation was that the levers of false propaganda or disinformation to harm Hindutva and Hinduism are three. Number one, political, number two, culture, and number three, religious. And that makes the situation really grim. The false propaganda was unleashed, it was stated, 
in a concerted and systematic manner by the British. And the examples were given here in the conference are Aryan invasion theory, labeling Varna Jati system of India as caste system. The most important challenge is that this information campaign or false propaganda is not ending and is not going to go away. Make no mistake, mark my words, this is not going to go away. This will be very much there. The shape and forms will change because the technology is changing every day. Why do we say that this will not end and will continue to go? Because I am talking to you in 2021. I am talking to you on the concluding day of this conference of Hindutva for global good. But at the same time, when I'm talking to you, the sixth standard textbook in Loudoun County in Virginia, USA, teaches history of ancient India as follows. Now and here I'm quoting, and I quote, about 3,600 years ago, a group of cattle herders from Central Asia settled into India. This group of people called the Aryans brought with them their beliefs, customs and writing system Sanskrit. They introduced a rigid caste structure that divided people into four classes." Unquote. How stupid or how rubbish it is, I leave it to your judgment. But you must make a note of it that this is what they teach in the name of a course on Hinduism. And this is what they teach through reading comprehension exercise titled caste system in India. And this is what they teach to impressionable age young school students. By the way, Loudoun County is not alone. There are many other counties in the United States of America who do the same. I can share with you that some enlightened and concerned Hindus in US are up and against this, let me use the word, heinous disinformation campaign starting right from the school age. Let me ask a question. Do you see the gravity of the challenge? If you don't see it, you are trading future of the planet and humanity for your personal selfish motives. A more important question is what you do to meet and beat this challenge to overcome this challenge. First and foremost, don't get lulled by declaration of October as Hindu Heritage Month by almost eight states so far as my information goes. My question is, 
how can a proclamation of October as Hindu Heritage Month by Virginia State and teaching Hinduism in the most crooked way in Loudoun County of Virginia go together? It doesn't make sense. Second, this message was given in the conference. And the second, what was said is, stop looking at governments for everything. Do what you can do. And you can do a lot. Don't underestimate yourself. You are all Hanumans. And let me be your Jamvant. United, you are a force to reckon with. Hindus are most well-placed, prosperous community. And you all know the tax authorities all over the world, including India and USA, encourage charity and donations by providing tax incentives. I suggest please avail those incentives and take care of people supporting and propagating Sanatan Dharma, Manav Dharma, Sanatan values, not for yourself alone, not for your family alone. This is for the sake of this planet, the global good. By way of a few more specific actions, like Swamiji had asked, that we should talk in terms of more specific actions. And I can mention five specific actions. First, we need Hindu think tanks. We need Hindu NGOs. We need Ved Patshalas. We need Hindu Gurukuls. We need freeing Hindu temple wealth from government control. And we need to call upon the short-sighted management committees of certain Hindu temples. Please, if you have any connection with any Hindu temple, just ask one single question once a year. And the single question is, what percent of your total expense do you spend on Hindu youth, their development, their education, and their entrepreneurship? We have many organizations. We call ourselves cultural organizations, advocacy organizations. Let's think about the economic development of our people. The second specific action that has been pointed out in this conference is build alternative media channels. A large component of the media has been bought or call it bribed. Some mind-blowing numbers were shared yesterday in the context of China and a few leading media houses of the world. I would say, when you make a choice, you can support all those organizations and media partners who supported such positive conferences like Hindutva for Global Good and any other similar.
the details in respect of the contact etc you can always pick up from hindutvaglobalgood.org the third specific action that you should use is demand stopping foreign funding of ngos media and others in india fourth counter academics journalists by rebuttals in same or alternative media in one word like one of our speakers said yesterday don't ignore don't ignore them call them out call them out call them out speak sorry speak up speak up speak assert yourself assert yourself a mention came of bharat hari ji i'm aware of the niti shatak written by bharat hari ji and i like to quote because it is contextual i quote with courage we could extract the pearl stuck in between crooked teeth of a crocodile we could sail across an ocean that is tormented by huge waves we may even be able to wear an angry snake around our neck as if it were a garland however it is impossible to satisfy an obstinate fool all 50 years in my life i have never accepted impossible as impossible i have accepted it as i am possible but with the due respect to bharat hari ji with his own experience that is the message he left for us in niti shatak it is impossible to satisfy an obstinate fool is there any solution can it be made possible you must be thinking definitely and my friends as i said i am a firm believer in i am possible and not impossible and when i look up the literature when i look up the knowledge chest of hinduism you have a ready made answer to refer and the solution was given by none other than prabhu ramachandra ji and it has been mentioned in ramcharitmanas the doha reads vinay namanat jaldi jad gaye teen din beet bole ram sakop tab bhay binu hoi na preet the context is that bhagwan ram was worshiping ocean that give us the way we want to cross you and go to lanka but that obstinate fool that jad did not respond 
एंड व्हाट प्रभु सेड देन इज विनयन मान जल्दी जड़ गए तीन दिन बीत बोले राम सकोपतब भाई बिनु होत न पी देयर आर टू लीड वर्ड्स वन इज जड़ एंड सेकंड इज भय एन ऑब्स्टिनेट फूल ओनली अंडरस्टैंड्स फियर इफ यू स्ट्राइक द फियर ही विल रिस्पॉन्ड देयर इज नो अदर वे all that i have spoken to you from the conference so far a question comes to the logical mind all of you who are sitting with me is it doable or is it a rarefied air good speech no my friends it is doable and it has been done in australia as it was reported in detail in conference yesterday the fifth and the last action that i like to suggest is know your own treasure of knowledge and wisdom read your own hindu scriptures and texts and adopt in your life i was doing a lecture on bhagavad gita once and when i finished a lady almost rushed to me and said oh you have made my day i am going to tell my son from tomorrow to read bhagavad gita i said madam you got a wrong message i would like to hear from you that from tomorrow you will read bhagavad gita that your son will also read bhagavad gita we have vedas we have puranas we have upanishads we have itihasas we have smritis and you can't today say that well how will i get it free of cost 27 247 available on internet just google it you need some personal help call us contact us hindutva for global good is in your service if you are a modern instant child of convenience want something pocket edition where to put no of course you like internet more than pocket edition also but i i am personal user of that pocket edition therefore i want to share with you bhagavad gita pocket edition published by geeta press gorakhpur is available in 2021 also for 25 cents it is sanskrit with english translation and actually that service cannot be matched by anybody that pocket edition is available with translation with every language that the indians speak we go to get more for less but that pocket edition is going to do wonders for you that is for 25 cents the whole lot of hindu knowledge and wisdom i like to close now by making two announcements on huge demand by participants and well wishers this conference hindutva for global good has been made an annual event many of our participants and our well wishers sent us the message oh it's a great conference and we should have it every year and we were reminded of our culture satsang lagatar aur bar bar hona chahiye therefore it was immediately decided that let's convert into an annual event and let me announce the date for the next year will be september 30 to october 2 2022 us time you have enough time to prepare another important announcement i have to make is as i mentioned as hindus we have got to change 
in this world. People measure your success by GDP. In this world, when we are measured by GDP, let's talk of economic development of our youth. And a group of people here are planning to start a World Hindu Community Fund, which will support youth of Hindus in education and entrepreneurship by providing seed capital. And it will also provide, in case of untimely death of a breadwinner, some support to that Hindu family. This fund will be worldwide. We'll be sharing more details with you. And we do expect that you will provide the wholehearted support to it. Well, with these words, I, on my own behalf, and on behalf of Hindu Heritage Foundation of America, USA, thank you all. Our participants, esteemed speakers, supporting organizations and media partners. This would not have been possible without uninterrupted support of each one of you. Sincere thanks. And our special thanks go to Rajiv Verma, Anant Srivastava, Vandana Sharma and Tarun Agrawal, who had 24 hours in a day only to work. I thank you once again, you all, and wish you the very best in your personal, family, and professional life. Let's close it with our community prepared. As we prayer, we say, Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina, Sarve Santu Niramaya, Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu, Mahakastit Dukhubhag Bhave, Om Purnamadaha Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate, Purnasya Purnamadai Purmeva Vishishite. Dhanavad, Namaskar. All the very best.